0: All right, next up, we have Hazram and Namir. Are Hazram and Namir here? Hazram? Hazram? Oh, oh, wait, I think this is just one person, sorry. Hazram, Namir, I think that name appeared on page 12.
1: Are you here? No, I didn't sign up for this. Who put my name up there?
2: Brand?
0: Roach? Is Namir here? Last call for
2: Namir do keep them waiting, Namir. But I didn't... It was... It was you, it was you wasn't it? You promised.
1: <sighs> Mr. Play-It-Safe was afraid to fly. Packed up his suitcase kissed his kids goodbye he waited his whole damn life to take that flight and as the plane crashed down he thought well isn't this nice
3: yeah namir
1: ironic
2: don't you think it's like (laughs) rain on your wedding day it's a free ride when you've already paid of good advice that you just didn't take, and who would have thought? Figures. Wait, Namir, you can't, you can't leave. I thought. <sighs> what on solace made you think i want to sing a duet with you? I just thought, after a long day in the field, it would be a nice way to unwind. I don't unwind with Imperials. I don't unwind at all. Then consider reading practice.
1: <sighs> a traffic jam when you're, when you're already late. <laughs> no smoking no sign, sign on your cigarette, cigarette break. break. It's, it's like 10,000 spoons when all you need, need is a knife. knife. It's like meeting the man of my dreams and then meeting his beautiful wife and isn't it uh, ironic don't you think this is just sad. a little
2: too ironic and yeah i really do think give me that it's like rain
3: <laughs> on your wedding day it's a free ride Woo! you've already paid
4: it's good, good advice advice, good advice That, that you just didn't take, take And who would started
1: figures, figures. <laughs> Well life has a funny way Of speaking up
4: on Come you Come on let me hear sing it
1: Life
2: is a funny way Of speaking up on you <laughs> And life is a funny, funny way Of helping you out
4: helping you, you out. out. <laughs> yeah Namir <laughs> Woo Woo
0: Namir Go Azram or Namir, whichever one it is.
2: Hazra <laughs> hey, so Namir, I sit on page twelve. I'm proud of you buddy.
3: Uh, was...
2: Should we stop recording
0: now?
3: <laughs> that was that was amazing. <laughs> This is Rogue Leader, all wings are part in. Rogue 6 standing by.
2: Rogue 7 standing by.
1: Rogue 9 standing by.
0: On Rock pattern, Twilight lives on! Minus, like, a few people. Just, just a few. And we will probably never see them again, so, like, don't worry about it. And tonight, we have a guest. What? We have a guest? Oh my god. Hello, Glisteners! <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to <laughs> Season 16, Episode 139, State of the Company. So tonight we are wrapping up Twilight Squadron by Alexander Freed by doing... We usually do a State of the Squadron after the X-Wing books. This is State of the Company because it's a company.
4: Uh,
3: And we ran out of X-Wing books. We did run out of X-Wing books (laughs) because we're not
0: reading Mercy Kill. (laughs) (laughs) Stop asking. It's not going to happen.
1: Oh, thank God.
0: (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. So tonight, before we jump into some Star Wars-y things, here's a quick reminder of our hosts. If Danny, Rogue Six, oh, was an item on my Trader Joe's grocery shopping list, <laughs> they would be oh, just mango, butter. dried mango slices, because like Danny, they're sweet enough without any added sugar.
3: Aww. Aww. Factually Aww. incorrect, but I'll take it.
0: Well, yeah, it's fine. You've had so many jelly beans at this point. I was gonna say. <laughs> you
3: know, have you not just turned into a jelly bean? You recall the, the cereal episode. I am only added sugar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I have Rogue Seven would be the gluten-free double chocolate cookies because they contain walnut flour, which I'm allergic to, but they're so good I'm willing to risk death.
3: Oh, wow.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: That's special.
0: They are very good. Make what (sighs) Ash Roganine would be the creamy cashew fiesta dip because it's gluten and dairy free. (laughs) But tastes like nacho cheese powder from Doritos and Ash can't have dairy nor gluten, but it's still wonderful. (laughs) Just I was originally gonna make you cheese, but I thought that was unfair. That was a little mean. (laughs) Yeah. I did. And I'm Meg, rogue leader, and I would be the cauliflower gnocchi, which is delightfully squishy, great absorbing flavor, and you can't tell how many vegetables were made out of. <laughs> <laughs> and our special guest tonight is Dylan, our Dexter Jetster, both individual and species expert, who would be the peanut butter... Cream-covered peanut butter and chocolate JoJo's that are only available in the four-pack during the winter holidays, but are the best and extremely specific. A.K.A. the
3: best thing ever.
2: I don't so know what good. these are, but I want them now. They're so
0: good. They're amazing.
5: And
0: I Hi, love- Dylan. I- Hi, Dylan. Welcome to our classroom. Thank you. Wait, do you know I
2: have one for Heath?
0: No. What? <laughs> Heath doesn't go to Trader Joe's. Heath goes to Aldi's. No, Heath goes to Trader Joe's. I was going to say, Heath, like,
3: embodies big Trader Joe's energy. Let's be real. It's true.
0: Heath Heath gets the orange, the frozen orange chicken from Trader Joe's. (laughs) Which is, like... I don't know. It's weird because I respect it more because it's not just getting it from Panda Express, but I'm pretty sure Heath gets it because that's what he gets at Panda Express. <laughs> just... Big basic
2: bitch energy then. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all I have for tonight.
5: Anyway, hello, Dylan. Hello. I'm glad you introduced, gave uh, Heath an introduction. Otherwise, I would have felt like scared part of a scandal or something <laughs> like wait hang
0: on <laughs> you give one to me and
5: not Heath He's uh. fine yeah. <laughs> I don't think
0: Heath listens to our shows anymore
3: Yeah, I would be very surprised if Heath listened to our show <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, if you like got sick of it that episode we now.
2: spent the entire episode crying because he wasn't here and he was like oh my god
1: <laughs> well if Heath's not going to listen to this I'm just going to say they're a wonderful person who I love very much <laughs> wow. Wait, why would you only do that in episode 3? He's like, i wasn't. <laughs> yeah, we I can't give him a big to- ego. I was trying to make a joke. It wasn't a good joke.
2: <laughs> but that's all I got today.
3: <laughs> it wasn't a good joke, but it was a joke. Okay, speaking of... I have a question about Star Wars. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh. So, uh, finally... We are getting some tie-in literature to The Mandalorian, a Disney Plus series on Disney Plus. It feels like it's been a million years that we have been waiting for this announcement, so it's very nice to finally get the news. Um, and it includes all of the staples, including the Mandalorian Visual Dictionary by Mr. Hidalgo himself, and oh, the yeah. Art of the Mandalorian by whoever the creators of the Art of the Mandalorian are. Um, and also, we are getting one novel from our good friends over at Delray, which is written by a person. And I don't know is... who he is. I don't
2: know anything about him. But I looked at his Twitter profile and I said he was a Kiwi, and I was like, yeah... Oh, he's a kiwi. Oh, nice. he's a kiwi. Apparently, it's what his Fantastic. Twitter bios is. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right, cool. So, from a kiwi, and what we do know is that it's not a novelization; it is an original story. So, uh, what do we think? I mean, so obviously, we're all hoping for Cara, Cynthia, Dune origin story. So, let's just like acknowledge that—that that is the first <laughs> yeah. choice for all of us, without a doubt. Obviously, although I don't know if I want a man writing that story, but that's a different thing, I guess.
2: Was it going uh, yeah, just... to be an into that thought? <laughs> You, oh God, to leading that's... up to a question, there.
3: <laughs> All right. So the question is: What do you want this novel to be about? What do you hope to read? What story do you want to read about the man, our good friend Din Durn? Durn,
2: Din Durn. I want a story about
3: <laughs> the Mandalorians, like as a whole, <laughs> not
2: just the Mandalorian, oh, the Mandalorians. <laughs> okay,
3: that was an important distinction.
2: Yeah, there's an "s" like, there. I, uh... I want this one about. Their culture and society, and to know where they're at right now, because I'm really curious about that, and I'm huge, huge nerd.
1: I'd love to see like a kind of pseudo origin story, in the sense of like the characters are the ones from the the culvert, whatever the heck it's called, culvert. Thank you. Um, Where like we get like a little bit more of the armor and like pads, Mizzla, and characters like that. I think that'd be kind of interesting. But like keep it super small in scale.
5: Yeah, yeah. Not doing like like, the main. No. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, not 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 doing like the throng the first throng book where it was just like here is like a massive expanse of a story instead of just focusing on like one bit, which I would prefer. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: It sounds good to yeah. me. If I had to guess, it will be a novel entitled "Character Name: A Star Wars Story," and it will be an origin story for a said character.
1: Din: A Star Wars story. <laughs> Din. Din A Star
3: Wars, a Star Wars story. <laughs> I I feel like Din is is one of the least likely candidates actually because there were so many secondary characters that were in for just one or two episodes that like telling their story will probably have little impact on season two.
1: Grief cargo Star Wars story. I would actually be
3: very keen on that. Honestly, I would be okay with too. that. I'm more nervous that it'll be what's his face from Tatooine. Stop it! Oh
2: no! <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait home. Oh. Oh.
2: What's his face? The
3: girl,
0: Calican.
3: Toro, yeah. Oh that fuckwit. How, fuck went. Went. how yeah. do you remember his, remember
0: his name?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. how did you remember his name? Anyways, yeah, that fuckwit. I
0: don't I don't know why that was a fact that I have in there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh. how that one time, um, when we did that Phantom Menace <laughs> audio <laughs> audio commentary and I fucking pulled out all that knowledge about the trade routes and shit <laughs> that I did That's not know was, was in my much. brain. was too much. <laughs> We just keep random Star Wars knowledge, like, in in that little black box, and every now and then it opens up.
1: Oh god, now I'm thinking about Jar Jar Binks' feet again. Oh god, those feet were
2: horrible.
3: (laughs) 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 I think I missed this. feet, a Star Wars I would
0: like this Mandalorian-related property (laughs) to be about, um, uh, I don't- uh, like, I know that it's going... I don't know, because I have a feeling it's going to be a prequel to the show. Um, yeah. I feel like it might be, like, one of, like, the Mando's first bounties to, like, get into the guild or something like that. Yeah, that, that And, very, uh,
2: and how he, like,
0: ends up meeting Grief Karga and, like, the kind of the connection that they have. I think it would be something more like that. And like if there are any other people that like new people that we might meet in season two, I think we might get a brief glimpse of like that. Yeah. That's like this person from
5: from
3: Commando's oh, past. Journey to Star Wars The Mandalorian season two. <laughs> like,
5: yeah. Like that. I'm not against it. Yeah. Especially it's that small scale uh like story of just like right. one yeah job. Like, I know it's not
0: YA, but, like, I feel like it's going to have similar um, Jin's Rebel Rising book vibe to it.
3: Mm, yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: With I all the, where they culturally appropriate the country of Japan.
0: Yeah, that one, and, like, Imperial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post-World War II yeah. Japan.
3: That one's your favorite. Isn't
0: <laughs> it? <laughs> it's great. I'm so glad they did that whole chapter. <laughs> <Just>
2: <laughs> <the best>. it, <laughs> I really just... Do not care about prequels if the main character isn't known to die at the end of the thing already. Well, and unfortunately, with crazy. the Mandalorian, we know it can't—he can't die because we've got.
3: What if I he don't did, care though, about prequels? It's just—it's a helmet. We don't know. What if they <gasps> never take the helmet off the main character in the book, and then at the end, like the helmet gets passed on to Din Jern?
1: No, no. Here's the thing: they never take the helmet off, and you don't know who it is. And at the end of the story, you figure out it's Boba Fett.
2: To the Spurs. No, we'll figure it out with the Spurs early throughout. on. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I'm never gonna let that die. It all <laughs> it sorry. all is gonna
3: come back to Boba Fett eventually somehow. We all know this, right? Like, all of Star Wars will eventually come back to Boba Fett because the we one... live to be sad. I'm the gonna one... quit.
0: I'm the gonna one... quit. <laughs>
1: We're
0: the gonna change our podcast.
2: It's gonna
1: universe, be about something else. It's Boba Fett. Ugh. <laughs> I think oh we should just god. switch should make an, a podcast entirely about Boba Fett. If this book
0: is about Boba Fett, <laughs> I'm just gonna quit. <laughs>
1: I'm just gonna quit Star Wars
0: and
2: wipe my hands of it. Oh no. The,
1: Disney announced their next trilogy and it's just Boba Fett
5: movies.
2: <laughs> oh god.
5: I'm conflicted about that because like Daniel Logan it, did a good job, in my opinion, with like the Clone Wars and like the prequels, but like Boba Fett as a character, I'd much rather have Django Fett. Around honestly. Oh, I would
2: love a Django fan. Yeah.
5: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. I would go I feral don't... for a Django fan trilogy. <laughs> if, I, if,
1: I never fi- if I never find out anything else about Boba Fett again, I can just live peacefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bounty hunter who got pushed into a sort like pit. That's all I need to know.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of a bounty hunter that got pushed into a pit, let's talk about Twilight Company. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know, there's a bounty hunter, but she never really falls into a pit, because she's better than no. Boba Fett. A right. pit of
3: despair.
2: Yeah, is she is. She... <sighs> she's in a pit of the war, honestly. That, and... That's a metaphor for how much war sucks.
5: And Cellust has pit pits on it, right? Like, Solest has, yeah, like, Yeah, there are pits, trenches. Like, to, yeah, and they had to, like, go down yeah. into the city. I mean, Bran didn't go down into the city, but, like, there is a pit-esque thing that people were despairing within, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are pits. There are
2: pits for her to be in.
3: Wait, hang on, Dylan. Are you like actually good at analyzing literature? Because that might be a problem. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um ugh, Debatable. I've convinced some people that I have an English degree, but I don't.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Real scandal on Rogue Podron right now. I know. Um, okay. So this is the state of the company. It's been a while since we've done a state of episode. <laughs> the state of the company. They died.
3: It's,
1: it's my first state of episode, actually.
2: It is. It's so exciting. It's, it's going to be very moment. depressing because a lot of the main characters died. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off with the company itself. Who lived? Who died? Who do we like? Who do we hate? Let's find out.
3: Who told I Who a lot of Alexander Freed.
2: Yeah, well, I did not put a lot of the characters in this because, honestly, I forgot their names because they die. That's okay.
0: (laughs) That is okay. Very Namir of you. So,
2: yeah, very, I felt very Namir. I feel very Namir. I recognize that that boy a lot, honestly. Anyways, first up, we have Captain Micah Howell, Yvonne, uh, the original captain of Twilight Company, who kept it surviving through so many bad times, eventually succumbed to death. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That that is one way to put it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Despite Chalice trying to save his life, uh, Vader happened.
0: Vader sucks.
2: Vader sucks. What do we think of Hal? I
0: think Hal's a fuck boy.
2: Who? Right <laughs> <laughs> next, Al- Alchemic fuck boy. There we go. Okay, yeah. we've got Chief Medic Vongese and Lieutenant Sargon because they almost always turn up together. Even though I think Sargon dies, Vongese lives. They're I think in they're life. in a
0: relationship though. Yep. Yeah, I
2: do think they're gay. Oh yeah, gay and in love. Yeah, yeah. Twitch! (laughs) Twitch, Sharp and Bitter Twitch. Yeah, I like them both. They're cool. Anyways, we've got Sharp and Bitter Twitch, who is...
0: Sharp and Bitter.
2: Sharp and Bitter. She's great. Survived. She survived. She is...
3: What a legacy.
2: Stubborn. She is not a character I remembered from my first read-through, but now she's stuck in my brain forever.
3: As the Sharp and Bitter one?
2: As the Sharp and Bitter one. Any further thoughts on Twitch? Nope. Or shall we move to the even (laughs) less thought of cover? (laughs) which <laughs> one was carver was carver. Carver's <laughs> a dude that, uh, carver was like the one guy in the senior um senior staff who would push namir basically and like argue against him um oh, okay. like he would be like yeah i like that you're fighting for the company but also i think your plan is stupid kind of thing
1: for okay, that boomer. reason i like him
2: yeah <laughs> he kind of worked to balance namir out a bit, and i don't know he seemed cool he seemed to have a good humor about everything probably because he's been in the company for a while there's no reason I'm bringing him up at all. Don't worry about it. Mr. Hasram Namir himself.
3: Putting the ram in Hasram. Yeah, I don't
2: know why I stress the ram in that so much. Hasram
1: Namir. Hasram
2: Namir himself. Okay. Otherwise
1: otherwise known as you fucks it was in page 12 of the book.
3: <laughs> don't worry, we get there eventually. So The main Namir, character. Namir, did Namir really have an arc in this book?
2: He did! Yeah. He definitely Perfect. did. He went from, like, kind of just being part of things, following, like, following the company because he's sick of war, but, like, he needs to fight because it's all he knows at this point, to by the end, like, he doesn't want Carrie to be in charge in of anything legacy. at the start of the book. Like, he hates Hal bringing him into stuff and trying to make him have responsibility, and Hal's like, bro, you'll be good at this. He's like, no, fuck off. Um, by the end of the book, he's leading the company. He's the reason the company survives, like, and he's found why the company survives and he believes in it now like he's a believer um which is a huge change from the start of the book
3: yeah I guess his arc is that he goes from being a big old grump to being a very little slightly less bit of a grump
2: yeah but he, <laughs> yes. be-
1: he believes in something I think by the end of the book
3: yeah yeah he definitely goes from not believing to believing
2: which I think is I mean the rebellion's all about hope That's a and good belief arc
1: it's the han solo arc it's the han
2: solo arc yeah that's probably why han solo turns up which i'm still embarrassed i didn't realize first time i read the book he (laughs) does don't mock me Meg. i (laughs) listen
1: i listened back to the podcast and i there was a dramatic reading where i had to read for namir and han and then I realized it's just the it's exactly the same voice.
2: There's no. <laughs> yeah. no they are they so slightly I, different. They are slightly they different. They are slightly different. Yeah, Ash, their voices I are slightly
3: different. different. One hasn't found something to believe in yet, and one is about to find something to believe in. So they're slightly different.
2: It's true. It's true. So what do we think about Namir in general? Do we like him?
5: I like him. I, I like Namir. I didn't realize how young he was until like I started yeah. listening to Rogue Pod. Yeah. Like even on my first read, the first like, time okay, I read oh, it, he's young.
2: Did not occur to me the first time I read it either. And then this time we're like, oh, there's a there's a boy. It's-
1: yeah, because it definitely has
3: like a big 50-year-old energy. He's got yes, big 50-year-old energy. And,
1: and it's like an archetype you don't typically associate with a younger character, I think. Like, oh, yeah, for Like somebody real. who's really young, you know? Like that That tends to be like the, the grizzled vet tends to be like an older person.
2: Yeah, definitely. He's been through so much war and he's like still a kid, basically.
1: It's kind of like Cassie Andor in a way. Like oh, been in have fight oh. since I was six years old kind of thing. I mean they're kind of similar characters.
2: Yeah, bit. except Cassian definitely has belief. Yeah, yes. Cassian believes,
1: yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. I wish that please don't make fun of me. I know that this is impossible possible. I wish that it had been Cassian Andor in that scene instead of Han Solo. That would have been such a good conversation. That would have been good.
5: <sighs> that would have been a good conversation. I feel
3: like the and Jin honestly have a lot of similarities.
5: Yeah. yeah too. I think like they'd either get
1: they they'd either really get along or hate each other within seconds, I think. yeah
2: <laughs> I think they would hate each other. <laughs> I think they would definitely hate each other.
5: They're, they're both just predispositioned to be angry at the person in front of them. So, yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. That's the best description of both of them ever. I would like to see Namir meet Saw.
5: Oh my gosh. Because Saw, I think, carries a lot of like the same energy mm. that like Namir would be really wary of, I think. Based on yeah. his, his history. Yeah. Um, I feel like Saw
2: and Howl well, it's like you, are somewhat similar.
1: You got one guy that's like willing to die for the dream, and one guy who doesn't have a dream, right? But he is willing to die. He is willing to <laughs> die, but not not really for any kind of a cause. It at least that's what he's telling himself. And yeah. Saw is very much like I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die for the cause. Mm-hmm.
2: He's like, I am going to die for the cause. If people are like, you don't have to. He's like, no, I'm going to.
1: Like the last thing he ever says is save the. The last thing he ever says is save the rebellion, save the dream. So
2: I like wonder whole, if namir could get there one day or I if he'll think, always just kind of stick it out for the company
1: i think like the the thing that namir ends up believing in in the end of the book is not necessarily like the rebel cause as a whole but it's the company it's yeah the, yeah
2: it's the people which is which is, which important. is
1: different from like Jin or saw who kind of the the or not are uh, uh, more specifically Jin who's like her whole arc is about believing in the dream of the rebellion right and like believing in the good of the rebellion and namir at the end of it to me just kind of seems like he believes in the people that are fighting in the rebellion even if he doesn't like 100 percent agree with what they're doing or like believe that it's even possible that they're going to actually think, make any kind of a difference
2: i think that's possibly even the most important thing to believe in is caring about the people because i mean yeah that's what it's all about um i think that's the, the whole it-
1: that's the whole like thing with mon mothma and sarger era, i think like the whole ideological clash I really like wish Mon- that
2: he could have met Mon Mothma.
1: that Like, Mon Mothma Oh, wait, he, sm-
2: he's still alive. I guess he could at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say it like they're both dead, and I'm like, wait, no, they both survived. I
1: was like, Mon Mothma's still alive in the
2: sequel trilogy. I yeah, that. I had a moment there where I was like, <laughs> I, so my brain was like, yeah, Mon Mothma's dead. And then I thought about it, and I was like, no, she, she's not. We get,
5: we get used to Absolutely. so many people dying in Star Wars that it's a shock when someone's alive. Unless it's Especially small. a woman? Yeah.
2: Yeah, at least it's small. Now I'm not surprised when more comes back at all.
3: I feel like Namir would meet Mon Mothma and it would just make him Miss Chalice.
2: Oh.
1: Oh, that's a really good oh, point. Oh, boy.
3: Yeah. Alright, next up we've
2: got Charmer, R.A.P. And peace, my man. I love ah, Charmer. Love so Charmer. Much. I love Charmer. He such was such a, a good charmer. Alex Freed character. <laughs> like, he was the epitome of an Alex Freed character, you know? Yes. <sighs> Sorry, that was just a moment of silence for Charmer. I don't yeah. know what else to say about him makes it he was great. Um <laughs> we get an F in the chat for Charmer. F in the chat for Charmer. <laughs> Big ifs. Uh Brand, who we can actually talk about a bit more, who is a lesbian. A lesbian. Um I love her. <laughs> I love her so Fantastic. much. Fantastic. She's such a great character. Um she lives, thank God. Because oh. I would be so sad if she didn't.
0: <laughs> she could not die. That's like she impossible. can't die. She's
2: too good. I would she... throw
0: things if she died.
2: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Um, I know she has like a short story and one of the insider things that I've never read I'm
3: and you call yourself a true that, fan
2: <laughs> look you think I can get insider access easily it's I'm in New Zealand okay leave me your alone your
3: other podcast co-host like doesn't she like write for them <laughs> she does yes <laughs> hook us up um, Megan let's go yeah yeah oh,
2: Megan um, don't don't listen to us please Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Megan is way too
3: classy to listen to Rogue podcast,
2: yeah no I don't know if that's true.
3: She's, I feel <laughs> she she's definitely referenced
2: Rogue Podron to me before. And, Megan, please don't be embarrassed <laughs> anyway, by hey me. Hey, Megan. Hey, Megan. Um, <laughs> Brand is similar to Namir in the way that she doesn't really believe in the dream, I think. But she cares about the people, I think. Her motivations are still a little confusing to me, if I'm honest. I think she cares she's like about Namir. Yeah, she's kind of taken Namir under her wing. But even before that, she was like kind of the person that pushed him into the role he's got when he was still younger yeah younger than he is now when he was still kind of new to the company it seems like the
3: impression was that she's do that might be more for her personal amusement than for actually believing that it's best for namir
2: just imagine if
1: she's just sticking around the company because she likes to mess with (laughs) namir that's (laughs) That's a strong possibility
3: yeah it's like this is a healthier outlet for my for me than like bounty hunting (laughs) She's like trolling yes. rebels is a better use of my energy,
2: yeah. I mean, and it's such true. a weird, she's such a weird character, and there's such a weird relationship between her and Namir because, like, they obviously carry about each other a lot. Like, I mean, she's probably way older than him, and obviously, she's gay, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, they have a really strong friendship, even to the point that, like. When she considers running and just leaving the company, she stays to save the people for him because he asked her to, like she promised. Um, And I don't entirely understand why, because she is a strange woman, but I love her regardless. And I love their relationships so much. When I first read this book, it was like the joy of the book for me was whenever they interacted.
1: They're very much like platonic soulmates in a way, I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. See, Chalice could just never compete.
5: (laughs) I think one of the things that's interesting is that like brand when like based on how brand tells the story about how she came to the company, like, you know, she took a bounty on Howell, and then some interaction with Howell had her basically join the company. It kind of then feels like whatever loyalty she had to Howell then slowly kind of transferred on to I'm going to take care of and or mess with this new kid. Um, but it's still she's still very much an enigma and I like that, but I'm also frustrated by it because I want to know more about her.
2: Yeah, me too. She's so interesting. Like, (laughs) what a cool character. Anyways, Roach. Kind of the polar opposite to Brand in Namiya's squad. The new meat who becomes old meat Roach, no just normal girl meat who is why did you have to yellow. say that yeah. so. she becomes just regular why meat why you have to call her old meat i don't know I'm so, i didn't know where to especially go especially because
3: that. i picture her as a horse in my head so like
0: right. oh. it's really not oh. <laughs> um
2: yes she is young younger than namir even she is probably not even like 18 like she said she is i'm very obviously not 18 like she says she is <laughs> right like um, namir picked that up yeah, she was in an imperial facility. She was a drug addict and had to go cold turkey when she joined Twilight Company. Um, but Namir's squad kind of just like took her, in. Namir himself, I think, even without realizing, kind of took her in. He probably saw a lot of himself in her because she's ready to brawl. She brawls a lot, um, but she's also still a kid. And there's that moment where she gets to dance along loudly to that music, and even Namir, like, he can't take that away from her.
3: She's, she's kind of like the. Yeah. She never alive. saw the body. We yeah. Didn't see the body.
5: I, I'm I'm gonna stick with that answer too. She's still alive. <laughs> we didn't see the body. I don't want to I don't want to think of her as dead.
3: She's like yeah. hanging out with Gadrin's fourth arm somewhere, just like yucking it what? up.
5: What, <laughs> oh. Danny? <laughs> what the fuck, <laughs> Danny? What?
1: <laughs> oh my god, Danny! <laughs> no,
2: that was not at all what I expected from that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just the arm
0: Just the arm Alright
2: that's she where Roach is it. Dylan she I just it. noticed
1: you you put an actual F in the chat
2: See it's <laughs> 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 so, yes, Roach is still alive She's chilling out with um Gadred's arm <laughs> His fourth arm Has she Has she... Uh, She'll she probably return one day It's like a weekend it's at fine.
3: Bernie situation where she's put sunglasses on it And she like wheels it around On and the just, arm
5: like... <laughs> But <laughs> Like okay, which has does she? Did she do something to like preserve it, or is it going to start stinking?
3: I mean, did Uh, they do something to preserve Bernie? I don't actually. I've never seen that movie. I don't know. I've never seen that
2: movie either. Oh boy.
5: Um. Yeah,
2: I've never seen that movie. I don't know anything about it, except for they put sunglasses on. Well, here's, I mean, guy. I feel like this is a
3: good opportunity to begin to tap into your expertise, Dylan, because I don't know if we made it very clear at the top of the episode because <laughs> it was a hot mess. But you're here because you're an expert on all things Dexter Jesters. Yeah, Meg did say that. Anyway, maybe, do you know, like, do Wait. their bodies decay at the same rate as human bodies?
5: <laughs> that is not available in any of the materials that... <laughs> 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 that, that, Why not? Um, I, well, okay. What in Legends, at least, uh, their home planet of Ojum is a tundra-based, um, like it's 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 a very cold planet. So I don't know if that affects the decaying process. Like if they biologically would uh, decay faster in heat because their bodies are mm, used to mm-hmm. the cold, which mm-hmm. would just mean that it would get. Uh, that, that whatever uh Solist is a solace has volcanoes it is a warm planet so therefore gadrin's arm probably rotted pretty fast
3: <laughs> oh no oh,
5: there was no her, way we wanted her to first to that. real friend
3: and it just rots so fast <laughs>
5: um I, I think
2: don't like this conversation anymore <laughs> um okay i think we can see roach on the cover of the book even because there is a character there's a girl he looks relatively young next to who i assume is gathering because i'm pretty sure there's only one basilisk in twilight company uh, who is red here and so rich is on the cover um i think another reason why namir being so young is strange is because the main dude on the cover yeah <laughs> looks pretty like an old war yeah. veteran and now that i'm looking at it, i'm like that may be charmer um or it may be meant to be namir and it never quite got across that he was actually young yeah. <laughs> and not an old war veteran <laughs>
5: That has happened in other books where someone has like writ like the author, like in the smuggler's guide, the author wrote something like, oh, this person's a male, like uh, a human male, and the picture depicting that character is blue skinned, (laughs) multi-armed. And like, oh. (laughs) Well.
2: (laughs) Okay. Yep. Yeah, that definitely does happen, I feel. We've
3: all (laughs) all had those days. (laughs) It's
5: just, just some days you wake up blue, skinned with multiple arms and it's it's just a rough day it's
3: just how it goes yeah it's
2: just yeah. one of those days yeah. um <laughs> all right let's move on to gadrin who is not very honest still forearmed uh i feel he's kind of like the spirit the soul of the company he has a lot of wise words he i am really so sorry daddy because he had too many wise words for you yeah.
3: he sure <laughs> had a lot of wise words didn't he,
2: <laughs> he sure
3: did. i think i've said every one of them
2: and he honestly found the beauty in a lot of things um Unlike Namir,
5: yeah, he he was very much a sort of poetic soul, and I appreciated that a lot.
2: Yeah, so, I like that he tried so hard to get Namir to see that stuff, even though he knew it wouldn't really work.
5: And he did it in like a diplomatic way too; like he didn't try to say, "Namir, you're wrong about everything." He's like, "Okay, Namir, you've got a point. So let's be careful that we don't make Howl a legend or something or other." Like, I really appreciated, like, oh. He's got a good balance going on there of this is what I believe, but also I won't force it down your throat. Yeah, he's
0: a good dude. I would like Gadron to hold me in his four- three to four arms. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the time frame. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: But anyways, Chalice, the love of my life.
0: <sighs>
5: She's fine.
2: I love her so much. More women like this in Star Wars, <laughs> please. Yeah. Um...
5: She is a pain, and I love her for yeah, that. Yeah,
2: she is the uh, mentee of Vidian Count Vidian, who was in New Dawn. Yes, yes.
5: yes. Which has a lot of basilisks. It does. It I don't. I, I read that book
2: like a million years ago. It is. Wait, like a lot of it, them?
5: It's got a ton
1: of basilisks. New da- New Dawn it's, is just delightful on so many levels. It's, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I haven't read that since but like three fifteen. I'm skipping ahead. Um, yeah. So she is they were employer from the imperial rolling council blah 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 that bitch um <laughs> i really love her i really like older woman um I, sorry i just heard that and i was just like yep okay saf you're done now um who i like <laughs> my like my type in sci-fi is like Older women who are, like, political leaders or, like, scientists or, like, analysts in that kind of way. Like, they've got that really logical kind of brain going on. Um, I see him by my love of Halsey and Halo and Rosalind and Battlestar Galactica. Uh, And Chalice kind of falls into that archetype. And I love her so much. We really just don't get complex, nuanced women who aren't, like... Oh, also, the morally grey thing is important. And she is morally grey. She's not evil. She's done so many evil things. But she's also done a lot of good... twilight company but she like she says at the end of the book like she doesn't belong there it's not her thing um and at the end even you see it in the fact that she considers going to crucible Namiya's home planet and just like becoming a weird hermit artist who gives kids candy to get clay (laughs) which i love i am personally a fan of that um (laughs) <laughs> or, she also considers just selling her secrets and becoming rich. And so, like, even after all of this, she's kind of got that weird dichotomy going on of, like, not quite sure if she wants to be good or not, but the possibilities there.
1: And I also, like, I feel like she's... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
5: Okay. I-, I feel like she's a good reflection of what Namir could have become if he had... Like, when Han Solo had that um, thing of, like, either get on board with what they believe in or maybe it's time to leave... Like, I think Chalice is, at the end of the book, she's the, or it's time to leave side of it. Oh my god, you're right. So, like, you get to see, like, hey, this is what happens. Um, This is who Namir could have ended up being. And especially, like, because Namir and Chalice had grown so close. um, I think they make really good foils to each other.
2: That was also a very nuanced, like, strange relationship in the book, but I really dig it. Hey, Star Wars, more more stories with cool female characters who are nuanced who also have relationships with the main male character that aren't <laughs> romantic
1: platonically <laughs> i also i also like that it's like she's not the mom of the group which is what tends to happen when you have like an older woman like as much as i love as much yeah. as i love hara and Hera is very much the mom of like rebels um yeah yeah it's nice to see a character that is very much not that
2: but in an ironic that, way, her yeah. and Amir kind of do end up being the father and mother of Twilight Company. <laughs> Just but, like, very much she, but, not a dad and very much not a mom.
1: But she doesn't want, like, she doesn't yeah. see, she doesn't have that, like, desire in her. Like, with Hera, yeah. like, you get that she cares about these, the kids. She even calls yeah. them the kids and stuff and, like, takes care yeah. of them. But oh yeah, that- I
2: thought of another woman, uh, President Coyne from The Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs>
1: woman sorry that- actually
3: chalice reminds me a lot of president <laughs> coin from the hunger Games. yeah he
1: does. that like, was kind of who i was mentally picturing in my head to be honest yeah
3: definitely
2: yeah like i don't really picture things but same um <laughs> i know we already have izard <laughs> being julianne Moore from the hunger Gans, but also so is
3: chalice <laughs> everyone is just julianne Moore from the hunger Games.
2: <laughs> but yeah no chalice has big president <laughs> coin energy. like the speeches she does and all of that stuff um so to be fair she does write her speeches unlike president coin also the fact that she's an artist is just extremely cool as well um she's got a hobby who do we see in star wars that ever has a hobby sabine <laughs> oh yeah artist okay i <laughs> guess that's, it's like the one hobby it. we get
5: artist. <laughs> well i mean wedge has a hobby
2: is it dating presumed widows <laughs> it's... Well, the...
5: well it's hobby oh <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> All right.
3: Well, that that was our guest everyone. Thank you so much for coming on the episode today.
2: <laughs> oh, and the last company of the last company, the last character of the company, who is a character is the Thunderstrike, the ship itself. Big gifts yeah. in the chat for that one. Rip um, and rip. Rip and rip. I feel like a lot of this book was the Thunderstrike was kind of embodying the the life of the company and as things got worse and worse, the ship was falling apart more and more. Um, and in the end, it does die, but that doesn't equal the end for Twilight Company, um, because they realize there can be something new underneath Namir. Underneath Namir! Under Namir! The <laughs> They're not literally wow. underneath
3: <laughs> no, That would be Chalice. No, she's on top. Who am I kidding? <laughs> yeah,
1: please. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I, also, I also appreciate that they gave the ship a cool name, because I'm not a fan of the trend of like giving ships names, like the Moth. Oh. <sighs> Who is The, the Night Caller. That's uh, a- the aftermath
2: cruise shit. Oh my god, this ship was so stupid.
5: <laughs> a lot of well, their ship was named the yeah. Moth. <laughs> Not even I, the
3: the yeah. Spoth.
5: I have blocked
1: out the entirety of aftermath from my brain, except for that one fact: <laughs> that wow. the ship was called the Moth.
2: <laughs> I am also a fan of cool ship names. Also shown by my love of Halo. Um, right.
5: I was about to say that's, that's a big Halo thing. thing.
2: Big Halo mood. Um, Apollana's <laughs> Promise also had a really cool name, mainly because of the reference to Apollana, who's really cool. Um, I appre- I think Jay probably appreciated that, if you ever read this book. Um, He loves his queens. He loves his monarchy. That's <laughs> the better way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Saf, you're
0: saying a lot of sentences that are technically true. <laughs> um...
2: <laughs> yeah, technically correct. It's the way I like to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: oh my god
2: <laughs> i like the idea of a freighter ship that just kind of keeps surviving because i mean we see the Millennium falcon and like we know it's falling apart because they keep saying it but really it it doesn't really have the same kind of energy as the thunder strike and i like that energy it's a good um we are the underdogs like the actual underdogs of this war energy
1: yeah one trope i really like is like the the of crap ship that is a piece of crap ship, but if you tell the captain that it's a piece of crap ship, they're like, you shut up about my ship. <laughs> <Like, laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> Howell's just like, she is beautiful, she is grace.
1: It's like it's like Han, Howell, and Hera could have great conversations about their
2: ships. <laughs>
1: Freighters <laughs> that have no business doing what they're doing.
2: <laughs> Freighters that should not be going on, but they somehow are. And then we get to the Imperials. Boo. Yeah, boo. We have. Boo. Tabor Sateron who is, you know, eh, he's an Imperial, but he's an alright guy, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is like Namir Tabor. in a lot of ways, um, except he is, he's tired of war, but in a different way, but also he cares about the people. Like, that's his thing, is he cares about the people. Um, the reason he wants to, like, survive and be successful in this mission is for the people that he's in command of, that he wishes he wasn't in command of, but he is, and he takes that responsibility on, which is... Similar to Namir, also having to do the same T- thing.
0: Tabor seems like that old, like old uncle or like grandpa, or, like relative who like is conservative generally, like toward the like as a whole, but is like well, they aren't mean to the marginalized people in their life, so like yeah.
2: They're okay. <laughs> like you don't you don't hate them, but you are kind of uncomfortable. you on being the, the wrong side of
0: this, but like at least you're not like disowning your gay grandson or something like
2: that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, That's exactly the energy that Tabor gives Good off. job. <laughs> good job of being a minimally decent person, I guess. Right. You Even could if you be are worse. <laughs> part of a massive fascist empire committing genocide, but you know it's right. fine. let' like, At least just. I don't think about that. Just drink your tea and be old.
5: It, it it's like one of, it's kind of like uh like Meg with that 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 one uncle or grandpa that they don't connect how they interact with people on an individual level with like yes. what's happening to them on a scale. exactly.
2: Yeah, I feel like we kind of get the three kind of different facets of imperial brainwashing in a way. Like we have him doing that, and then we have Verge who is just, whoo! Whoo! <laughs> He's doing his own thing. Very uh very <laughs> Ham deep in all of it. Um, and then we also have Thara Niend, who is like the young brainwashed into it all person, who believes the lies she's been told and thinks that order, the order of the Empire is good. And that does play into how she acts towards people. Like she does discriminate because of that, but she also thinks it's for a good reason. Um, and so, so she's kind of like the middle ground of that and probably like a lot of the younger... Imperials who are being brought up under this reign are a lot like Thara, and a lot of younger people being brought up in countries here are also a bit like that. Um, Anyways, before it's gonna be a let's go back to Verge, (laughs) who is a lot. He is a lot. (laughs) He's just a lot. Verge is a lot. (laughs) He's a lot. uh, Did
5: you guys know he's a lot? Oh God, I've heard that. Oh my God, maybe once or twice.
2: Um, what a character.
5: How do you even begin? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Where do you even start with him? He is like, believes he is like, I don't know, Palpatine's destined son or some shit. Um, just. But you gotta full imagine fanatic. there's
1: probably at least twenty guys in the Empire who act the same way he does. <laughs>
2: You're right. Wasn't Gallius Rex kind of like this? I don't remember those books at all.
1: It, but Gal- I think Gallius Rex had a more direct connection with Palpatine. I can't remember. I, can't I think Virg. For- I'm not
2: gonna try. <laughs> I feel like Virge has some kind of relationship Palpatine, but I may just be thinking of Rex now that I think about but it. Um, there,
1: is a, there is a part of me that thinks that like most some like higher ups in the Empire, the people who think they're higher ups in the Empire, think they have like a special relationship with Palpatine. When I really think it's because he's like, who are you again?
2: <laughs> yeah, he's like young. <laughs> this one's especially young as well. Um, turns out a lot of like the kind of leader characters that end up being very young. Um, Virge is a kid and I guess he's a kid who was brought up in the Imperial ruling council, believes he is far more important and far smarter than he actually is, shown by the fact that he gets killed by Chalice at the end of it. (laughs) No, he doesn't. He gets killed by Tabor, his own best friend. What a traitor. Um, Because he may... Is that how we're describing their relationship? I mean, I don't think he has any other friends to call his best friend. (laughs) And by the end of it, like Tabor kind of thinks that, you know... (laughs) They could build some yeah. respect. Maybe he could help Verge be a better person. I guess, uh, but Verge is they're, Verge.
1: They're best friends by virtue of either of them not knowing anybody else. <laughs>
2: yeah, basically. <That's> <laughs> um, Verge shows the utter fanaticism of the Empire, and in the end, he even gets betrayed by his own people because he doesn't care about the people. His entire thing is just Palpatine, which, which um, is a
1: nice kind of. Uh, compliment i guess i don't know if that's the right word for it to twilight company where they pretty much only care about the people in the company yeah like like the 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 whole like twilight very much cares for their own more than anything else i think and to kind of contrast it with somebody who couldn't give a crap about his people is very interesting
2: yeah and i feel like verge also would have been more appreciated by the emperor because the emperor probably would have been like yes crash yourself into that planet and kill these people um yeah love it gotta love it it's great the Empire's yeah. gr- great <laughs>
5: um, It's basically just these two fuckwits. And, and also- yes <laughs> Well, well, uh, speaking of like the the second fuckwit there was just like his fanaticism very much, I think resembles like the fanaticism that Namir is highly suspicious of of like Verges' worship of Palpatine is very much like the cultish worship that Namir saw back on his home planet.
2: Yes. In the of Worship he is very much determined not to give to Howl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um and then also Thara Nied is there. Niend. Thara-, Thara Niend is there too, SP four seven five, who is a Celliston. She's not a Celliston, she lives on Sulist Um <laughs> a Cellust human who whose uncle is a rebel sympathizer a unionizer. You know, one of those good good dudes. The good uncle, unlike Tabor. Uh, but she has been raised brainwashed by the Empire and also the Empire has crushed the working class so really the only way to earn actual money is to be a stormtrooper. Um, and so she has done that. And, and yet she still, at the start of the book at least, she still brings supplies. She uses all of her money from stormtrooping to buy supplies and medical care for the people in the cantina that she gives to them. Um, and I think she's got a huge cognitive dissonance between the fact that she is she is against these people, she is crushing these people under the impressive fist, the oppressive fist of the empire. Um, and that it is her like regime's reason fault that she has to bring these people these things and spend her money on these things. Um and she believes that what she's doing helps them. Big, big cognitive dissonance happening here.
3: She just basically has a real rough time this entire book.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sucks for her. But she very much shows how good people, good people, can be taught to be bad people, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even when they're, when she's having to, like, make arrests and stuff, Um, she helps conduct the raids that are held for no suspicion, like, no reason, no rhyme or reason. The Empire's just trying to, like, make people fear them and she's like there must be a good reason for this there's there's definitely a reason for this there's definitely a reason we're terrorizing these people Um, and that's the issue that they have is that (laughs) these people believe in the good of the Empire and there's no good there.
1: One of the things I really like about New Canon is how they've expanded on people in the Empire like we've gotten stories from the perspective of people in the Empire to show that it's like, a lot of them, like, Eiden Versio is my, one of my favorite Star Wars characters, and she starts off being one of the worst of yeah. the Empire. But when you're actually in her head, you can start to see how she justifies it for herself. But I think the things that make those characters, like, their redemption interesting is, like, when the moment, when it, when it becomes when they realize what the Empire actually is, and not the, the propaganda and brainwashing they've been fed, they either, like, in Lost Stars, uh, I can't remember her name, That's so bad. Sienna. Sienna, thank you. Sienna, yes. Sienna (laughs) Sienna chooses to stay while, like, Iden walks away. And those are the stories that I think have been, like, the best of new canon. It's showing, like, these people that are in the Empire why they choose to follow the Empire. Um, And Twilight Company gets into that a little bit, too. That's just one of my favorite, like, new additions to Star Wars.
2: Yeah. So Thara's there. She lives. She's around, I guess. Maybe one day we'll go back to Solace and stay here. Who knows? Uh, she's basically just hoping that things won't get worse. <laughs> Good thing there's not a game set there where you kill people. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It's fine. Um, so where are we now? Uh, most of the people are dead, but not all of them. Twilight lives on, and it's led by Hazrin Amir, whose name was revealed on page 12 of the Twilight Company hardcover. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Twilight did not hit Quat and strike a major blow to the Empire, but they did something more important, in my opinion. They kept the spirit of the company alive and helped free Cellust from... I did not finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Celest from the Empire. Well, it's like Twilight so like Company Mad Lib.
3: We need a Grasp. noun. There was,
2: there, was so, there was so little you had to do to finish <laughs> I know, I don't that. know what happened there. I think I got distracted by wanting to write about Brand, maybe? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> twilight company and the players of battlefront are the reason that solace is free <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> um i imagine that's a big reason why nian Num ends up helping out later on in the trilogy is because he doesn't have to fight for solace like he's had help with solace thanks twilight
0: honestly yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah i appreciate that i mean i know that i know that he had to write it because of solace being the planet in, Battlefront, but I do appreciate seeing this planet as one of the planets we actually visit, like as the Rebels, because it's like not one of the main planets. I mean it
3: is in a way, but it's not, you know? and yeah. Nub is the hero of the Battle of Endor, and he wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for Twilight Company and I'm
0: sorry. He's the hero of the space battle of
3: Endor. You're right, yeah, the aerial course, battle. Yeah, yeah. I I should have clarified, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally yeah, right, but, though. He probably wouldn't the, have been there. The Death Star number two that, would not have been blown up if Neon Nub were not there. Let's just Yes, Yeah, let's just I was about way. to
1: say that without Nien Nub, no, the Death Star wouldn't have gotten destroyed.
2: And we can so. all trace it back to Namir and Twilight Company.
3: Nice job, It's Namir. like
2: That's... poetry. It rhymes.
3: But Namir poetry. is only there because okay. of Gadrin. So really, Gadrin is the hero of it all.
2: Gadron does I... save him, like, right at the start of the book yes. by crushing those Stormtrooper's skulls, yeah. It's all connected.
1: <laughs>
2: wow. You just draw a line straight from Gadrin to the death of the Death Star. That's amazing.
5: Yes, give give credit where it's properly. Really Gaddar wouldn't have been there if he the hadn't been Gadren.
3: birthed by his father, Dexter Jetster. So really,
2: wow, you're really doing the whole everyone in Star Wars related thing, Danny. I can't believe it. Don't you hate okay. that thing? We never
3: hear Gadrin's last name. Is all I'm saying.
1: Gadrin, Gaddar, Dexter, Jester,
2: <laughs> Jester. Yeah, that was the exact same thing that I did. Jester, no, no, Jester, Jitster, Jit.
1: No! Yes. Same brain, I swear. <laughs> Big brain energy. Um, I feel like Dexter
3: um, is more like an uncle than a father figure.
1: Yeah, he's probably Gadren. Uncle Gadren's Dexter. Uncle, uncle Dexter.
3: Oh, Gadrin
1: helped out in the diner, grown up.
3: Yeah, totally. He's actually in a deleted scene of Attack of the Clones.
5: So, Oh god, I wish. <laughs> Can you imagine having two Basilisks on screen? A little tiny Gadren? Um. Well, because, but like... It's true that
0: Solstans are naturally good at space navigation. And so, Nia and Num probably being on the Falcon, which led the others to the second Death Star, was probably necessary in order to have a jump that close.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: so, like, it's it's
2: definitely not just a joke that like <laughs> Nia Nam yeah. really needed to no, be there. <laughs> we are not joking. This is like, we're not serious that often, but we are serious now.
3: I've been ser- 100% serious this entire episode. Your oh, serious
0: voice and your joking voice sound 100% alike. I mean, yeah, great,
2: is really it is really hard to tell the difference, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brand is sticking with Namir for now. For how long? Who knows? Maybe we will never know. Because <laughs> why would we get a Twilight Company too? Life is just not that fair to us. Actually, no, we have the Alphabet Squadron books, so they're good. She We're said, good. like <laughs> a week
3: after Alphabet Squadron 2 came out. <laughs>
2: I know, I feel like a real coaster ride of remembering which books actually exist. Oh <laughs> and, my god.
1: And you know, for the next scene, we got Inferno Squad, which I consider a good thing. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's kind of like a spiritual successor, honestly. So yeah, Brand is around. She's alive, thank god. She's just sniping oh for Namir, and I'm very glad yes. about that. He only lost one best friend, not the other. Gadrin still around too, uh, Namir asked him to stick around for his own damn sanity, because he cares about this dude a lot, <laughs> and he is now Twilight's liaison to Sullust. Once again, connecting Solust to the Rebellion.
3: The heart of the squadron.
2: The heart of the squadron. He
5: is... And, like, Gadrin cares so much about, like, the various planets they go to, like, with the Koyurty. Like, he was so happy yes. that, to help them specifically, so, like, he's the obvious choice to be liaison to, you know, yeah. whichever planet they end up staying on.
3: Yeah, he was just like, I am here to make sure that these bugs can get it on.
2: He really was very, like, ready to help these bugs have their big bug orgy. (laughs) And when they did, he was like, wow, this is beautiful. And everyone else was like, oh, this is really awkward now. Oh, my God.
5: Gadget's a romantic, I guess. He is a romantic.
2: The heart of the squadron, just like Jane Forge. The love of my life. Yeah, the love of my life. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Except he didn't die, thank God. I would have been so upset if Gadrin died in this book, honestly. When there's that little bit where they're like, Gadrin dies, he like was singing when the bombs fell. And I was like, you cannot kill this man.
5: I started reading – the first time I read Twilight Company was because someone told me, oh yeah, Dex is great, but there's a different basilisk that's my favorite, and it's in this book. So I specifically read Twilight Company because there was a basilisk in it. <laughs> and so the entire book I'm like, oh no, wait, does he die? <laughs> Catherine die at the end? So I was like in panic mode for the entire time. I think I might have actually break broken like one of my cardinal reading rules and looked up whether or not Catherine <laughs>
2: survived. I think that's fair in this I case. The book. I I would not blame you for that. Twitch and Carver. They're still here. Is this relevant? Perhaps. Or maybe I just love them. Who knows? Hmm. The world hmm. may never know. The world may never know. Tabor has run off to go back to his sleepy job and his tea and his students. Mm, Verge is dead, thank God. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> thank you. I imagine he would have caused a lot of issues to the Rebellion if he'd lived. Um, so thank you, Tabor. Thanks for doing that one good thing in your life, I guess. Chalice is off living her best life. We hope. She's doing something. God knows what. And Thara is basically doing community service working at her uncle's cantina and fearing the day that she has to make the choice of fighting against the rebels again. What does this story about fasc- say about fascism, hmm? Saf, you already talked about that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what about the future? Will Namir and Chalice reunite one day? Will Brand find a nice gal to settle down with? Will Twilight survive the war? Questions that we may or may not get answers to one day in the future. Most so of them, question- most likely not.
1: I just well, like to imagine that Namir and Chalice see each other again under like the weirdest possible circumstances. Like, they both go back to Namir's home planet, and Namir's just there to chill, and then he just walks up and there's Chalice, like, giving candy to kids and painting pictures.
3: Yeah, it was like it was like a gag in the book that he would always think he was rid of her, and there she was. And I like to think that that follows him for the rest of his life. Yeah, he goes
2: somewhere, and she just turns up there, and they're just both like, god damn it! He's, like, Not going again. on
3: vacation at the age of 89, and she just happens to be there. Like, it doesn't happen often, but it happens often enough that whenever it does, he just goes, oh my god...
5: It's like when you're in the grocery store and you, like, meet someone, which obviously doesn't happen now in the pandemic, but, like, you meet someone and you're chatting with them and you're like, okay, bye, see ya, and, like, then you walk and then you go down the next aisle and they're right there again, so you have to have that awkward conversation of, ha ha, fancy seeing you here, and then you just, it keeps happening every aisle you go in, and that's just Namir's life with Chalice from here on out.
2: You're so right. Does anyone else have any questions for the future of... Twilight Company. Or things that they would like to see with these characters again.
5: I'm not sure Brand would settle down necessarily, but I think she should get a nice gal who would go bounty hunting with her. Or, like, fighting, sniping with her.
2: Someone to be her spotter would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. And Roach is fine. Roach is fine.
5: Roach Roach is alive.
2: alive. (laughs) Roach is alive, she's fine. Alright, and then we get to the most... I
3: feel like this book is, like, the most is gonna sound so dumb. This is it's the most realistic of the new Star Wars novels. In that, that sound and I think dumb. that it is like that is because this is one of the only ones that's all original characters. And so like they're not bogged down by mythology. Like they truly, really are just like random people just trying to make the galaxy a better place. And Alex Fried like clearly knows what he's talking about when he's like telling a, a story about war. Like he's he's got that market cornered. Um, and so that helps too, but like it just like there's something about I I don't know if I can articulate there's just something about this book that I don't find in any other Star Wars book, even Alphabet Squadron. I just don't find just like this feeling of just like this is just real life and we're just living it with these people and it's because these characters are so interesting that I love this book.
1: I think it also is like the the it has cameos of other characters, but it doesn't feel as like connected to everything as Alphabet Squadron does, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. I mean it doesn't even well, name yeah. Han, which is why I did not realize he was there.
1: Yeah, it's like Her- Hera is Hera in Alphabet Squadron, right? Yeah. And that immediately gives you a connection to something else in Star Wars. Like this book I mean, feels distinctly removed from the rebel the 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 larger main cell of the rebellion.
2: I mean, Vader turning up at all is just a damn shock and he is terrifying, but the fact yeah. that he doesn't even like yeah. care enough to actually destroy Twilight <laughs> like shows how little Twilight actually means to the main story. Um or like that's, that's means the to the, the idea of the main story.
1: That's kind of the refreshing thing about this is it's not they don't change they don't really change the the galaxy at large in the way that like Luke Skywalker did but they still ch- change things for the better like they change stuff on Solace and um, yeah they help
2: the coyote. yeah
1: yeah
3: like that's yeah. that's the cool thing about it is like we talked about like Alex Freed is able to write a story where no one is directly connected to the main story of Star Wars and yet he's able to tell it in a way where. The entirety of the events of Return of the Jedi maybe would have turned out differently if not for the characters in the story.
5: Alex Free knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I think, like, it's nicely, like, that kind of idea would be nicely summarized by, like, one of the, um, one of Hera's lines in the first Alphabet Squadron book about, um, hey, it was once a victory for us just to be able to smuggle one carton of supplies to, like, people who were hungry. Um, like, the victory started off small, and even after the big Death Star explosion, like, the victories that still kind of define the fate of the galaxy were still these small victories, um, with the Coyote at Sullust, etc.
1: Yeah. I I like it for the same reason that I like, like, Inferno Squad and Battlefront 2's story campaign. It's because it's, it's, I, I, there's nothing wrong with, like, a small-scale Star Wars story, I think. Yeah. Like, like I get kinda tired when it's like that's why I like The Mandalorian too. And I yeah. hope that The Mandalorian doesn't turn into a big galaxy saving plot. <laughs> um <laughs> Like I like when it's just like here's a story about one dude and his company and that's it. Like they don't they don't like blow up the Death Star. They don't you know
2: <laughs> They don't even get to quiet in the end.
1: Yeah, they don't they don't even get to the goal that they're trying to get to in the end. But um and I and I like that 'cause it's more like realistic in that sense. And it's more, and I think it works better when you're trying to tell, like, a personal character-driven story, when you don't have the problem like, this massive overarching plot, where the stakes are so high.
2: I guess it was another nice thing, I guess he probably got a lot of freedom, because Battlefront 1 didn't have a campaign story, unlike Battlefront 2. He really was just kind of given, I imagine he was just kind of given the game, and was like, write a story about this, and he was like, (laughs) "Uh, okay.
1: He really wrote a story about the NPCs in Battlefront.
2: (laughs) And he made it fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's like damn dude um i remember talking to him at some point on western reaches about not about star wars um but about like writing for franchises in general and he talked about how he really wanted to keep the heart of star wars but not necessarily write it as star wars if that makes sense and i think in the end that does work out because it doesn't feel like another star wars book like it's very distinct and unique um but it still feels star wars at its heart it's very much about hope and the people and the rebellion um and i think I don't know how he wrote something this amazing, but he did. And it just depresses me so much.
1: Every time I read an Alex Freed book.
2: (laughs) God, Alex Freed is just a blessing to Star Wars in general, and I'm so glad he exists. And now we reach the most important part of this book. The true heart of this book. Uh, What makes Besolusks so damn delightful... (laughs) This is why we have Dylan here, to help us learn about Basilisks, and why they are so damn delightful. Okay, so my first question about Basilisks, really, is the most important one, I feel, for me, personally. Um, Are they... Okay, wait.
5: This is the leading question
2: to that. Are (laughs) (laughs) they reptiles?
5: Oh, okay! I was actually waiting for this question. (laughs) Because um, there is a... Okay, granted, this isn't canon anymore, because this was written back in 2006. um, But there is a... um, Duh, I, okay, I had it open, but then I, it closed when I had to restart the computer. Um, a New Essentials Guide to Alien Species, and there's a whole thing on Bessilisks in there. And oh, I have I ha- that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not... Um, so it's 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 Legends, back in 2006. And there is an entry on Bessilisks, and when I first pulled this out and read it, like, way, way back before you guys were... Uh, even uh, starting uh, Twilight Company, I had to laugh because it made me think of your guys' um, uh, celebration podcast where you guys talked about the fish nuns um, who are actually oh, yeah. avians.
3: Yes, the and I.
5: Yep. And this is what...
3: Wait, are you about to tell us that Dexter Jester is a bird?
5: <laughs> <laughs> that is, um... Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Wait, <laughs> Dexter Jester
2: is an avian?
5: At least, hang on. At least in legends. Granted, there is a lot of canon about this uh, particular entry, of which I'm actually grateful because at this point there was only Dex as one of the basilisks. So, um, basically, they're just like, "Well, Dex is every basilisk," and it's like, "Well, no, that that takes away what makes Dex special." Um, but <laughs> um, according to legends. Um, uh, basilisks are the subject of many misconceptions. To begin with, while they are descended from birds, casually mistake them for for reptilian species. Um, basilisks are large, stocky, flightless, avian humanoids who hail from the planet Ojum, located in the deep core. They have thick bodies with multiple brawny arms, a bony head crest surrounded by feathers, which... I did- What the what What? <laughs> Where <What? laughs> are feathers on them? A- and a what? Um, and that a wide mouth feathers? from which hangs a large flexible sack. So the feathers, so, like, he's got a mustache. Which, and, he does and have also a mustache. there is, like, along the side, like, of his, kind of near the back, there is some sort of hair-like tendrils. I did not read them as feathers. They do not look as, like, feathers. Yeah!
2: But... Yeah, they don't look like feathers, but I guess... The DNA, I as just our, find it interesting as our that.
0: bird. Do,
2: <laughs> as are, as can there be feathers bird. like that? Yes. Oh, okay. okay. I just find it interesting, interesting that anyone looked at Dexter Jester and was like, yes, that is a bird man.
5: It, especially because, like.
3: Those the... feet are like big, uh, chonky feet. So, okay, so here's the yeah. thing dinosaurs, birds are descended yeah. from dinosaurs, right? So I kind of feel like Star Wars is just like flipping it and reverse it, you know, which I'm not opposed to necessarily.
5: Like that, that connection to dinosaurs does make sense. But I also found it really like interesting that they're like, like with the whole like gullet, like the gullet that that, that moves as they they breathe and they talk um, on their throat is that was actually designed off of a howler monkey. So like they've got everything in there. They've got they've got like bits of reptiles, they've got bits of birds, and they've got bits of apes. So it's a whole conglomerate, wow. yeah. the basilisk.
2: So my main question was gonna be if if you was a reptile, which I now realize is a useless question, <laughs> um was I had a whole thing and now I realize that it doesn't work. <laughs> oh my- <laughs> but I once touched a Tuatara, um, in the zoo, and it was very beautiful. And you see these—if you have never seen a tuatara, look it up because they're really cute. Um, and they're like the native lizard of New Zealand. Um, they look quite like craggy and like rock-like, but they're actually extremely soft, like they're velvety, smooth, soft. And I want to ask: Do you think J- Dexter Jetster and Gadrin are both also very soft?
5: Yes, I'm just going to flat out say, say yes. I. Yeah, there we go. I—I
1: I think they would give really good hugs.
2: Yes,
1: I don't know what that says about them being soft, but <laughs> I mean,
2: well, they like soft hug. hugs. Yeah,
1: yeah. Two hugs. God, he has
2: very large hands.
1: Great to hold to hold mine in. That'd
5: yeah. Be nice. Yeah, to cradle my face in yeah. his large hands. That sounds amazing.
2: But... That's
0: all I want. <laughs>
5: like, can, can you imagine? Like, it, and it wouldn't just be like like the hug wouldn't just be two arms wrapping around you. Like, one could like cradle your head. He pulled you in close. It oh just it God. would just be a great hug. Like overall. <laughs>
0: I would start crying like immediately.
5: <laughs> I'm very touch
0: starved right now, so all I'm starting to cry right now. Be, <laughs> right, like all of my walls would just instantly come down and I would like recover from like thirty two years of trauma <laughs> and like I would just be okay after that.
3: Oh, best list would be great therapists. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean Gedrin kind of is namir's therapist, yes. let's be real. Yeah. Honestly. So, Dylan, so is, I am curious, how, is... does, d- how does how does Gadron stack up compared to the other Besalisk that you've encountered in Star Wars?
2: Danny, you do realize there is another basilisk, right?
3: I mean, I know there's one, at least one other one. There's,
5: there's and Pong Krell. the one
2: one in the Clone Wars. Yeah, Ooh? that fucker. There's,
5: oh, the, the Krell. Oh, that yeah. asshole. Absolute worst. Okay, I mean,
3: obviously Krell is the bottom of the list, yeah. though, right?
2: Yeah, yeah Pong Krell kind of sucks.
5: Fuck P- Pong Krell. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, we united there, Dylan. Do you Oh my gosh,
5: yes! Like the only good thing—the <laughs> only good thing about Pong Krell is that like he stands in such contrast to the likes of Gadrin and Dex that like you—you—you you, you, you can't say like, "Oh, Gadrin and Dex are just like that" because they're bestialists. Because no, there's there's the a-hole Pong Krell over there being a, the biggest asshole you've ever seen. There's
3: a great counter example. <laughs> there's a
5: great counter example. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so so obviously yeah the worst of the lot
5: worst of the lot um there are several other so okay before before um before the clone wars came along there was only decks as as the basilisks after the clone wars came there we then got two Besalisks. Uh One was Pon- two new Basilisks, one was Pong Krell. The other one still resides in Legends because it was based off of a comic that was later adapted into an arc of the Clone Wars, and it's a Beselisk separatist oh my God. named Commander Ugg. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? Commander Ugg? <laughs> UGG, Commander Ugg. And I think he's supposed to have. Oh my God. I think he's supposed to have a Russian accent, based on like the way his dialogue is written, and also he was then transformed into a Zygirian with a Russian accent, who beats the crap out of Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, Wait, yeah. one—if his last name is Ugg, U G G,
0: it really should be like a California accent, and then he should be wearing like. Cute little boots.
5: <laughs> okay, I'm going to actually see if he has cute little boots. But no, he's he should he's barefoot. He is unfortunately barefoot. Aww. Uh, I hate
3: that. <laughs> Nothing a little fan art can't fix. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I'm gonna redo. I'm gonna redo yeah. Ugg and like give them the respect they yeah.
5: deserve. So, so that was the. They just want free that, trade exactly. <laughs> um, the rest of the uh. Basilisks um, come either from well, no. There's actually a few other basilisks. There are three named basilisks in A New Dawn, including one lady basilisk. Who? These poor basilisks. Uh, her name is Lol. <laughs>
2: oh, my, oh my god. <laughs>
5: How does it go from Dexter Jester to
1: Lol and Ugg?
0: <laughs> I don't. Is Dexter Jester not like his?
3: Oh, given, maybe, has, maybe like, his. Maybe his given name is like blah. <laughs> and he, like, took out a different name to, like, for branding for the diner.
0: Well, Obi- I bet- oh, What a- Oh, yeah, yeah, he definitely was like, I can't deal with this anymore. This is not who I am. I am a Dexter
5: Jetson. Him and Obi-Wan got really drunk one night and came up with it. <laughs> the, I, I have a headcanon that, like, back in- So, okay, Legends canon is- He was a brawler. Like, he, he was a- Like, one of his things was he was, like, a brawler on Ord Mantle. So, like- Part of a head headcanon that I've started doing, grabbing onto is, uh, Dex, uh, created that name to be like his wrestler name back on Ord Mantle. Like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> and th- then it just stuck, um, because then Moz gave him the nickname Dexy Jet, which is canon. Um, and so he's like, well, now I can't change it. It's too good. So, um, so yeah, there's, 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 there's lol. Um, there is a couple other desolis, with good names, um... There is... I, I like this name. There is Quinny, um... Who is... Quinny. Quinny. Uh-huh. He, we we see him in exactly one panel of the Poe Dameron uh, Age of Republic comic. And he's a bartender.
3: Wow, that's a deep name.
5: <laughs> and then in the Force Collector, there is... Royke? Royke? R-O-Y-K-E. Like, maybe not the best names, but they're better than Ugg and Lol. Um... <laughs> And he is a upstart little high school bully in The Force Collector. Um, but, yeah, so, like, Gadron and Dex are still the top, the cream of the crop when it comes to go back to the original question. <laughs> after all of that, <laughs> Gadron and Dex are still the cream of the crop. There is, like, even though the Basilisks and Anudon are, like, you know, decent, you know, individuals, they're not, they're not, like, moral, like, like the, these, characters with really intense morals who go out of their way to help people
3: so
2: they are beautiful wow we really didn't know that best <laughs> looks here i did not realize there was so many in, in star wars
3: <laughs> not enough if you ask me no
2: not nearly enough
3: although we don't need it's any true. more best lists in books that books that we read <laughs> i i think we've i've done my time of best list voice work <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how i feel about uh what are they fucking runt people fact washes. Thank you, Ash, yeah. <laughs> God damn. All right, now we find an alien to do this to Meg with. <laughs>
3: Meg, what alien would you like us to do this to you with?
2: What? No. <laughs>
1: I'll just keep. I'll just keep voicing like grumpy, disillusioned dudes in the rebellion. <laughs> you you do that voice
3: very well, Ash.
2: Yeah, you. By the end of that, you really had Namia's character down, and I was just like, "God oh, damn it, this is so good."
3: So, Dylan, you just kind of came out of nowhere with that <laughs> Dexter Jetsters are birds fact. Do you have any other like fun facts up your sleeve that we don't know to ask because we would be so surprised by them?
5: Uh, well, um, okay, again, pulling from the Legends book, um, which is no isn't reflected in the New Dawn, which Lol, because Lol is an actual female character that we have um of basilisks but in the legends guide apparently women basilisks can get up to eight arms in legends canon
2: whoa what
3: (laughs) oh my god i love legends
2: (laughs)
5: yeah um legends is good
2: actually
3: (laughs) like, oh God, like what like this. is it like every time that they kill a man they get an extra <laughs> arm or like what how do how they get their extra arms yeah,
2: how how can it be up
5: to eight arms like what decides <laughs> like,
3: between four to eight it's yeah like there's got to be a determining factor in there somewhere
5: um Male basilisks have four arms, while females can possess as many as eight. Like, that that's what they
3: said. <laughs> yes! As many as eight. Right, but and you keep clarifying eight. that it's not necessarily eight, so how do they get there? What happened? Oh my god, women are so cool. It's, it,
5: it's its like some spiders, how they... they Some spiders molt mm. to a specific point, and then they, like, stop molting, but they're still adults, and just some basilisks molt a few more times, and then they have more arms the more times they molt. So... It- so oh my it's god, like I'm female- so glad
3: that we have on tape the moment that Meg <laughs> fell in love with female basilisks, and the moment that she fell out of love with them.
1: Uh, <laughs> I
0: just... I, I'm okay if they, if they... If they molt, I just don't want to think about them as spiders. I don't want... <laughs> I don't want them to, like, <laughs> general grievous spider-crawl around the apartment. Like, I don't... You go to the
3: best <laughs> list Clown, the females are just, like, spider-crawling all over the oh, place.
0: Oh, God! I
3: would immediately <laughs> turn around to get back on oh. my ship.
0: I just... I have a thing about, like, small things running over my feet. Like, I
4: can't,
0: I can't do it. I, I don't can't. think
5: a Lady Basilisk would be small enough to run over your feet like that. <laughs> I know,
0: yeah, but, you like, wouldn't have any I feet still after think that. that they
5: might. <laughs> I
0: still feel like my feet are, like, at risk <laughs> if they're down on, like, all eight arms and two legs scuttling oh. across the floor really fast. Like I don't I don't want that. I'm sorry. That's a that's a big general grievous move there. <laughs> yeah, like I don't want it. Uh, I don't I want hate it. it. Okay, I
3: want There's Return of the story. Jedi, but General Grievous is played by a basilisk now.
0: Return of the Jedi? <laughs> There's
3: or sorry, revenge of the
0: yeah. <laughs> replace, replace all of General Grievous' return of the Jedi scenes.
1: <laughs> There's nothing
2: I know, in
0: the Star
4: metaphor.
1: General <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing in Star Wars I fucking hate more than General Grievous crawling like a spider. It freaks me I, out. I hate I it. I
3: Hate it. It's I hate it. It's so I uncomfortable. It. <laughs> okay, but what if it was Dexter Jetster crawling like a spider?
1: And like so why why is uncomfortable?
2: It cough? Why does he have spider legs and cough? <laughs> okay, okay, you do you don't, you. There's plenty of reasons why people cough. Okay, <laughs> we're so getting on, <laughs> <forgetting laughs> on the wrong point here. We're the wrong point.
5: One of my friends, uh, Casey, uh, she does call. Uh, she did once call uh, a <laughs> Dexter Jetster an organic General Grievous. <laughs> oh, I
2: hate, okay. that. I hate no. That. No. No. Yes. <laughs> I can see how I can see how someone would get there, though. I do see it. F- yeah, f- I absolutely see it. A, I flesh, just see
3: it. a you know, flesh-laden General Grievous. Well, you know, you know
1: that General Grievous was an organic something yeah. before he became General Grievous. He so, sure no. was something. It it could be a basilisk. Oh
0: no, that's why he wanted to have four arms. Oh, yeah,
1: I've cracked it. <laughs>
2: what I
3: if it's Yeah it?
2: <laughs> Nah, Krell
3: wasn't.
5: I don't that think that timeline matches. No, we can no. make it match. We that timeline does not match up at all, world actually. We can worlds.
3: make it match. World
5: between worlds. Come on, that's the answer to everything, Look, right? The
3: Clone Wars was all told asynchronously. Maybe the Krell arc happened before any of the Grievous arcs.
2: <laughs> no. That's not how anything
0: works. It's world between worlds. <laughs> no, <that's... laughs> I'm sorry <No>. for, <laughs> this.
2: for okay, sure. no. okay, there is an answer. There is an answer here. Uh, Grievous- Apparently, wait—is this canon? This is canon. Is a caliche? Yes, that is accurate. Was a caliche before he became it? Oh, they're just weird-looking, fucked-up skull guys. (laughs)
3: Oh, I like skull guys. Okay, that checks.
2: Oh, they look kind of like bats, apparently.
3: Oh,
2: oh no! (laughs) Oh no, they do look fucked up. Oh, I don't like that. I'm closing this. This is even worse. This is (laughs) worse.
0: How do you spell
4: that?
2: How do you spell
4: that? K a l e e ish. It's
1: eight. <laughs> oh my god oh i hate that oh yeah it's god. bad
2: should I, should I go to glisten request <laughs> yes please. Yes, please. yes please save us please. save us from these bad people these horrific bad people <laughs>
1: all right <laughs> like, what's your question was well, since we're reading Shadowfall next, and because we heard that there may be some TwiCo references in Shadowfall, which team up would you like to see between one TwiCo member and one uh, Ab Squad member? And what would they do? Uh, Jim Mer-
3: Half of us answered this last time.
2: Yeah, I still yes. need to answer it. Oh, yeah, um, my answer it. is I want. I want. <laughs> I can't pay. I want. So I I'm going to go with both of them.
0: I want Will and Gadron. Oh, Yes. Yeah, that's the best. Just to be sweet, I think. <laughs> yes, it would be. It'd be It'd so be good. so
2: wholesome. I would
5: okay, like.
3: Staff, now you have to pick Roach and Chas. Otherwise, I'll be outnumbered two to one.
2: I'm not picking Roach. I'm sorry. I'm not picking Roach and Chas. Uh. <laughs> I'm picking Kairos and Namir.
0: Oh God!
2: Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want, I want them. While everyone else is like catching up and hanging out, I want them to be the ones that sit kind of in the shadows of the bar <laughs> and just. <laughs> maybe you she can help him to each other. The maybe she time? can help him. Maybe he can help her. Who knows? But they just something They could just happen.
1: sit down, give each other a little nod of acknowledgement, and then never. Speak.
2: <laughs> that's it. that's <laughs> it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. I love that. That is an intro. Dylan, of- I feel like they both here got in a person, weird.
3: Do you want to either read your response out loud or just? say it in words to us sure.
2: <laughs> oh yeah you could just say it sure. words
5: uh uh yeah i my my team up choice would be gadrin and yurika um because uh it's so good. gadrin would actually be really good about dragging yurika into group activities instead of just having her lurk on the oh sidelines and like oh my god you're that's so literally right. all she needs to do yeah. is like be part yeah. of the
3: yeah. go hang out with yeah. the group just once just go
2: just one time please <laughs>
1: All right, uh, Jim Murso said, "I want to see a team up between Kairos and Namir, uh, mostly yeah. mute murder monster who could teach Mister Boring generic video game protagonist a thing or two about killing and
2: domination." Excuse-
1: what wow, I say about out
3: Namir? Namir here.
2: Someone's getting a check of the Clone Anakin and Bright today. <laughs> oh. Wow.
1: Um, Ben Warman said, "Danny's like answer of Roach and Chas is the correct answer, but if I can't use that, then my next choice would be Brandon and Kairos. I feel like they would vibe together quite well and also kill a lot of Imperial soldiers in the process.
2: Yeah. I that thought, was my second choice as well. I as thought Brand you were going to say that.
3: Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised you didn't go for that, Zach.
2: Well, I was torn between Brandon Kairos and Namir and Erica, and I was like, okay, I'll just mush them together. <laughs> yes. Yep. So that's that was how why that works. Kairos and Namir. Um, next- and then... And then Brandon Erica, I guess, hanging out on the other side, which seems like a weird choice.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: um, a- X Wings in History said Twyco and Ab Squad set up Namir and Quell on a not a date necessarily, but both units realize their CEOs need someone to talk to. The two officers drink heavily and exchange a total of 27 words between them. Later, both will wonder if the other is plotting to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh my god, I love that! So, so accurate. I love this uh bentham's icon said namir and it zero because the boy needs therapy (laughs) Yep. yes it's a conspiracy by gadget and brandon calling favors to make attending sessions and order because uh because then namir has to be a good soldier and do it he struggles a lot now that the war is quote unquote over and they worry about him i worry about him
0: (laughs) we all worry about namir we do it's true
1: um, Tom the Fanboy said, uh, slash Ab Squad pairing. Kairos develops a crush on Gadrin instantly. <laughs> she, sta- oh. she stands in the doorway staring at him and leaves when he makes eye contact. He gets, he, he, he starts getting little gifts on his bunk, rolls of bandages, torn jackets, sleeves, what? piece of armor bent into a bowl. Gadrin is puzzled, then learns there from her. When he shows up to a briefing wearing it all on the stump of his missing arm, Kairos makes a happy squeak. Eventually they have a date where they do a bunch of manual labor lifting big engine parts and weapons into place
5: on her new U-wing. That- That's
2: not really a cute. <laughs> I am so confused.
5: That's confused. a strange
2: option, but I'm here for it.
5: Yeah, that that's how I would court Dexter Jetster. leaving him gifts, <laughs> and then leaving immediately when he makes eye. Yeah, content. yeah. No, that, that's Stand how I flirt in the with doorway most people. looking at him and
0: then leave.
2: <laughs> that's how Which I flirt. Which is
0: funny because, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, you because of Kairos's like mask and visor, you can't even <laughs> tell that like she's directly <laughs> looking at you. <laughs>
3: But the moment it seems like he is, she's out. She's gone. You just feel that cold chill in your body.
1: Yeah. I imagine it's like a similar thing with with Din Djarin. You know, Din Djarin. Yeah. He's like, oh no, I don't want to make people, I'm staring, I don't want to make people uncomfortable. And he doesn't realize that nobody can see him through the helmet.
2: <laughs> nobody can tell that's, he's actually staring. That's
1: the best part of
0: wearing sunglasses, is that <laughs> oh, like yeah. you can looky-loo as much as you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um And... This uh, this one's from last week. It's from Jim Murso. Also, imperial doctrine calls for star destroyer names that are supposed to inspire fear and are really just self-aggrandizing and vaguely sexual. Therefore, the ideal star destroyer name is Krennic's Fist. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Coincidentally, oh. this is also an appropriate answer for naming a star destroyer after Krennic's X. <laughs> oh
2: my god! god I love this okay, so much. I take Ooh. I take back the Glistening Anakin's. Uh, braid, because that, braid. that was a really good answer. <laughs> it balances out, I feel. Yeah,
3: so apologies to Jim Merceau. I forgot to check our email last week, but uh, you've redeemed yourself from your subpar answer to this week's listener question. How
2: dare you insult <laughs> me like this? He is way better than any video game protagonist. Um, I'm giving my glistening buddy to Xwings in history. <laughs> me, me too.
1: Yeah, that's... <laughs> that's
3: so good. So
1: good. Um...
3: I think I'll give my glistening buddy to Dylan for. Oh! Gracing Woo. us with your presence <laughs> oh, and damn. sharing, Dylan. All look <laughs> <laughs>
5: Thank
0: you. Um, I'm giving mine to Bentham's icon because, yeah, we do worry about Namir and we do hope he gets <laughs> therapy. Yep. <laughs> it's a very good answer.
5: <laughs> All right, Dylan, and... you
2: want to give a you want to give a guest glistening body? Ooh,
5: uh, sure. Um, you know, I I have to give one to Tom the fanboy because. Like, yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what? S- what? Yeah, fair? Because you would insert
3: yourself as Kairos in this particular story,
2: and then I would and insert Gad- myself as Gadrin. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, I-, I would also have to replace Gadrin with Dex. Not that I don't like Gadrin, but like Dex is my husband. I can't cheat on him.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, understandable. <laughs> yeah. Very
0: fair. And I think Dex would like be so like pleased.
5: Yeah. right
0: like he would think that like oh he's putting together a little puzzle and like this is very exciting like a fun a fun thing that's happening I would be like very happy he loves that this is...
5: he would love puzzles that would definitely be right? Dex's thing yeah right like if you
0: like Dex seems the kind of person that like you could do one of those like anniversary scavenger hunts and he'd actually be super into it, <laughs> 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 it is so All right, cute. oh my uh, gosh. This I kinda wanna write a fake about that. <laughs> Please. Please <laughs> Do it. <Interesting.
1: laughs> oh man. Alright, uh this week's listener question is what is a fun fact about Besselus that we haven't discovered yet?
2: Oh yes. Oh, I need to think about
1: Ooh, this. Oh yeah, this requires some some thought.
2: Oh, I know mine. But I will wait. I will share it with the rest of you. Yeah. I've been thinking about mine like most of this. <laughs> I didn't even know what question was. but thinking, I've been thinking about this the entire. Wait, piece can you share and to give the
3: rest of us inspiration?
2: Okay, um, so like they, it was it was the it was the what are they called? The gullets that gave me inspiration for this, but they do like mating oh dances, like birds, and like just like the peacock spiders, they can flip out this little like colorful bits underneath their legs <gasps> and like do a little dance with them. But they're like underneath <laughs> the extra arms, and so they're like
3: <gasps> flip out these little like
2: colorful bits and like spread their feathers, and it's kind of like dance and they make weird like honking sounds with their um their gullets, so they're kind of like um, oh
1: my gosh. I i'm kind I feel, of feel, blushing
3: over here right now
1: <laughs> i feel like that warren said that's what she said
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah that's my answer oh, wow. that i have so, been thinking
5: about through a lot of this episode <laughs> so Besselists are birds of paradise
2: yeah basically yeah <laughs> i was kind of combining I mean, a few different species into this just like uh apparently they did with the creation of these things
0: <laughs> yeah because i just watched a documentary about the, about birds of
2: paradise <laughs> and this is exactly what they do yeah <laughs> i've been very inspired by documentaries i love one of my favorite things in the entire world is watching birds do mating dances it is very good the birds okay, it makes so me feel like i really our- missed out being a human yeah, yeah. right like-
3: so now we need one of our listeners to make a meme of a bird of paradise spider crawling across the ground and saying Ugh. General Kenobi. <laughs> no, please do not. Can do we that. not?
1: Can we please?
0: <laughs> Never. Feel free to like make art of Dex's colorful bits though. That <laughs> yeah, I would love
1: to just do that. just just don't tag me on it on Twitter.
2: <laughs> text Saf on Twitter. Yeah, tell me. I'm more I'm good with this. This seems good to me. This seems like a good thing. Um, I was so prepared with my little outros this time, and then I freaking closed the book and lost them like a damn fool. <sighs> is there what? any soup on this book? Oh, there's <laughs> probably plenty of soup on this book. This is like my notebook okay. for the last two years, so there is <laughs> definitely Frappuccino on it, I can tell you that much. Oh, my God. Um <laughs> us up, listeners, with the answers to this week's question on our Twitter at RoguePodron. Our email is com. Nope, that's our website. <laughs> Don't email that. Our email is RoguePodrin at gmail.com. RoguePodron.com at dot com. <laughs> is our website. <laughs> If you want to make sure <laughs> Seth never stops referring to Crab Claws and nippers, support us on Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash <laughs> <Nippers. laughs> rogpodron. Rogpodron, your one-stop shop for any nipper needs. Oh my god. <laughs> Rate right and us on iTunes. Dylan, tell us where to find you.
5: Uh, I am on 1138. Um, e- That is 11-38.com, spelled out. Um, and- is, that, is
3: that the email address for them?
5: <laughs> yep. Yep. S- send send all inquiries to our editor there. Um, and and also the the last thing I wrote for 1138.com was about uh, Dex's uh menu. Uh-huh. So I mean, oh relevant God. content.
2: Yes. Yeah, so for more bestless content <laughs> by Dylan, check out eleven thirty eight. A well known friend of the podcast. Yes. Mm. A well-known website a well, to the podcast. well-known acquaintance to <laughs> yes, the well- podcast. <laughs> Someone that definitely exists adjacent to us. Yes. Um, we have no reviews this week. What, what's happening, y'all? Twilight Company we deserves better We know you have nothing else to do. Twilight Company <laughs> <laughs> deserves better. For Namir's sake, give us a review. Eh. Do it for Roach. Do it for Roach. All right.
0: Roach, Heat starts to Thanks again for joining uh, us. It yeah. Twilight Company. It was great. Um, and we learned so much. Alright. So. so next time, join us for a seven sip se- nope, a season
2: seventeen
0: <laughs> kickoff surprise.
2: Ooh.
3: Surprise. Season seventeen. Surprise. What the hell? It's a surprise <laughs> even
0: to us. I, so, I have no <laughs> idea what we're with doing. That, <laughs> this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out.
4: Pew 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 pew